Dan. Welcome to Together for Salem. <laughs> I'm Monica, this is Aaron. Howdy. Welcome to our backyard again. It's a beautiful morning here it in is. Salem, Oregon. We're so glad you're watching us from wherever you're watching us. Uh, we just did the backyard, what did I call it? Like, like Field an obstacle. Field of Terror Challenge. <laughs> Johnny laid out some super intense um, Legos. There did you you can show do this at home, kids, with your parents. There were teeth up Legos. In oh, the yard. it was intense. We'll I show pictures later. Okay. Go get. Almost it. stepped on it. Oops. So we're doing a giveaway. We are. I know the winner. Yes. Do you know the place we're giving away this week? Who I'll give it? you a hint. That's a slurping noise. It was. It was ramen, wasn't it? It was. Oh, who? Uh, I've been do. I've been do ramen. I've been do right. Robin on yeah. Ro Robin. Robin. So I've been do Robin. It. <laughs> I did it again. Ivan Do Ramen, Ramen is our giveaway this week. We're super excited because our winner is Jennifer R. Jennifer R, congratulations, you won $25 to Ivan Do ramen. ramen, which we're really excited about giving that to you. Yeah, Ms. Yeah. Ms. Robin won some ramen. Excellent. That worked out nicely yeah. um, for our random giveaway. So you can enter a giveaway too. Just um, comment on the Instagram or Facebook post that's gonna come out on Monday or Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And you can win a gift card to Paddington's Pizza. Ooh, pizza We're this week. We're doing pizza this week. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if you know this, but with this whole um, situation, this pandemic we're in, some restaurants are having a hard time. So we yeah. wanna support them. So yeah, at Cross Creek, we're just going around buying gift cards mm. and randomly giving them away. So this week was Ivan Du. Next week? Next week? Paddington's. Paddington's Pizza. So, yeah. A couple locations in Salem. That's right. Yep. Very good. And mm -hmm. it's pizza. And it's pizza. Yeah. We're starting a new series. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Today. I know. You get to watch. It's happening. So Into the Unknown Excellent. with John. And then we'll see you on the other side. Yeah. It's almost a cliche now about how crazy it is. Like you see this meme and this meme and this meme. They're hilarious because they're true. It's like every week it feels like something just crazier and crazier happens. And you know, when COVID's over, whenever that is, when this election's over, which should be soon, life is still gonna be crazy. Because life is still gonna be life. There's still gonna be turmoil. There's still gonna be chaos. There's still gonna be a crisis after crisis after crisis, because that's life. And it's not just gonna be in the news, it's, you know, it's in our daily lives. We have crises, that's the plural of crisis. We have crises in our relationships. Our health is always unpredictable. Our jobs, there's crisis, crises there. Our finances and our family. Like there's always this kind of chaotic turmoil in our life. And I think that leads us to this hard truth that our future always has been and always will be unpredictable. Think about it. I mean, we're more aware of it now just because of how crazy life has been and we have the internet and social media and all that, but our future has always been unpredictable and it will always be unpredictable. And the, the thing about this is it usually takes a crisis or a tragedy to force us to confront the true nature of life. 
Because often we can kind of just ignore that, you know, there's tragedies around us until it hits us. And then we're forced to admit that the future is unknown. We don't know what's going to happen. And because we've been kind of insulating ourselves, we get caught off guard when a crisis hits. We get uh, blindsided when the chaos actually affects our life. And so what if, just imagine with me, what if we prepared now for our future crises? What if we prepared now for the unknown future? What if we started to build a foundation now of peace? A foundation maybe of confidence that could stay with us as we go into the unknown future, as we go into the hazy future. So that when, when crisis comes again, which it will, we'll have something to fall back on. And so that's why we're doing this series, Into the Unknown, because I think this series will help us do just that, help us build that foundation of confidence that we'll have something to fall back on. And so what we're going to do for the next four episodes is go through a few stories of people who did walk into the unknown with confidence, walk into the unknown and came out actually changing the world. And what we're going to see in this episode, that the first part of being able to go into the unknown is understanding this one truth, that courage in the unknown is the result of a single choice. Courage in the unknown is the result of a single choice. And so the story that I want to look at is the story that maybe you've heard this before. You've probably heard this name before, whether you're a church person or not, is Abraham. See, Abraham is, as you probably know, the uh, the father of three super influential world religions. He's, he's the father of Judaism, father of Islam, and the father of Christianity. All three of those faith traditions trace their roots back to this one guy, Abraham. And so we first see Abraham probably around 2000 BC in uh, ancient Mesopotamia, the city Ur. It's a fun, fun one to say. And he grew up in a world actually pretty different than ours. There was no, you know, solid government around him. Uh, they were they're starting to build that at the time, but things were unpredictable. You never knew if the nearest warlord would want to come and and take your crops or your or your sheep or whatever. Uh, there was no cures for diseases. Maybe some like plants that you could use and that type of stuff, but no science really behind it. And so even the first sniffle, you think you might die. Uh, you Life was just unpredictable, constant dangers. You didn't you couldn't control the weather. You couldn't even know if it was going to rain tomorrow. You didn't know why rain happened. You didn't even know if the earth was round and that type of thing. And so the, the Jewish scriptures actually give us our first look at Abraham. And he first enters history, uh, not with the name Abraham, actually, but with the name Abram. And so here's, here's what we see, and actually the, the book, the uh, historical account, if you will, of Genesis, the first uh, book in the Jewish scriptures. And here's what it says. This is how we first meet Abram. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. First, meet him. There's no like, hey guys, there was this guy named Abram, and he had these qualities and these qualities, and he was a good guy. No, it just says, God said to Abram, leave and go somewhere I'm going to show you. And so it makes me ask, why did God choose Abram? 
a lot of there's a lot of tradition that says you know he was this holy guy and stuff, but we don't see that here. It doesn't give us that explanation. What had according to this, what had Abram done to earn God, the Almighty Creator of the universe, to choose him and say, "Hey, I'm going to do something with you." Nothing. God just wanted to choose him, and I think that shows us something really important that we kind of need to look at as we as we move forward is that. God's care for us is not based on what we deserve. It's huge, right? God's care for us is not based on what we deserve. We always think that, you know, we got to earn God's, God's care, God's favor, God's blessing. But what we see, like at the very first start of these world religions, is that God's care for us is not based on what we deserve, not based on what we do. Now picture this. Right Out of the blue, Abram's living his life, doing his thing, and out of the blue, God tells him, hey, I want you to leave everything you've ever known. Put yourself in these shoes, or these sandals. I want you to leave everything you've ever known and go to this place that you know nothing about. Oh, where is it? Don't worry. I'll show you later. Abram, you know, he wasn't like this guy who had, this young guy who had nothing to lose and the whole future was ahead of him. He was 75 years old when this happened. He had built a life, and it, it was a good life. He had a wife that he loved. He had extended family all around him. He had servants. He was wealthy. He was a rich dude. And he had a whole bunch of livestock. So like, he, was, he was set. He was solid. And God says, leave. Go. Leave everything you've known. Take your people with you and go somewhere that you don't even know where it is yet. And this is ancient Mesopotamia, like I said. So if things fall apart for Abram, there's no social services for him to fall back on. There's no uh, retirement 401k in the bank for him. There's, there's no, you know, oh, you know, I, I tried really hard and I failed, but this is the land of opportunity and I can make something of myself again. No, he loses it. It's gone. He is, he's done. So what would you be thinking? Have you ever thought about changing careers maybe? Or, or moving to different cities, or maybe you've done that, and you know what that's like to have those, those what-ifs in the back of your head. What if this doesn't work? What if all this falls through? What if this isn't what I think it is? Or think about those thoughts that flood your mind when change is forced on you, when it's not even your choice. You just have no choice, and the world has changed around you. We've all experienced that in the last few months. We get thoughts like, I don't know if I can handle this. I don't know if, if this is the right thing. Uh, I don't know if I have what it takes to get through this. I don't know if, if all this work is actually worth it. And then there's this. It won't be the way I've always wanted it to be. I look at my future, and here's what I wanted for my future, and here's what it's starting to shape up as, and this isn't what I wanted. This isn't the way I've always dreamed of life being. This isn't what I planned for. But if we think about it, where's that fear come from? It's this. Fear of the unknown future is actually fear of losing our imaginary control. Fear of the unknown future is actually fear of losing our imaginary control. We think we control our lives. We think everything we've set up around us, especially in our culture, keeps us safe from a future we don't want. We think we're, we're investing in a future that uh, you know, we, all, we all plan for and we all, we all hope. For. And so when we fear the unknown future, we're actually 
fearing that we don't have that control and we're realizing that control is imaginary. And so Abram, who even in this Mesopotamian world is probably used to feeling some control in life because of his wealth and his position and that type of stuff, he's probably not too sure about this idea of, of leaving everything. But check this out. God isn't done talking. So God continues and he says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. Have you ever heard of Abram, Abraham before? And you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. See, we, we fear the unknown future because we, we fear losing our imaginary control, but we also fear the unknown future because we think that future depends on us. And if we're honest with ourselves and we actually think through that, we realize that a future that depends on us and only what we can do probably isn't that great of a future. Because we don't know what the future looks like. We don't know. We're not prepared for anything that comes our way because we don't know what's coming. And so God says to Abram, I'm going to handle everything. I have a plan and I'm going to get you there. Yeah, it's going to be difficult. People will be against you. And if you keep reading the story in Genesis, you see that people were against him. You will have problems, God says, but I've got this. See, the only thing we can count on in the future, and it's kind of a cliche too, but the only thing we can count on in the future is that everything's going to change. The only thing we can count on is that you can't really count on anything in your future because nothing ever stays the same. Nothing stays the same except one thing, actually. That one thing is God. See, God never changes. The same God that's like, hey, Abram, go to this place. To go, to the, go into the unknown, Abram, is the same God who calls us into an unknown future, calls us to have confidence in, in an unknown future. His love has never changed. The care he has for Abram is the care he has for you, the care he has for me. His love never changes, and his power never changes. If there's a God who created everything, his power hasn't gone away. He still has it. And he still says, I've got this. God doesn't call us into the unknown because he thinks we can handle it. He calls us because he knows he will handle it. God doesn't call us into the unknown because he thinks we can handle it. He calls us because he knows he will handle it. And did, did God give Abram all the details? No. He said, look, I'm calling you to do this, but you're not... You, I'm not going to give you all the details right now. You're just going to have to trust me on this one. All he did, all God did was give him enough information for him to take that first step into the unknown. God usually only gives us what we need to know in order to take that first step. The first step that we need to take into the life that he wants us to have. And so think about it. Abram wasn't forced to do this. God didn't say, hey, do this or you're dead. Do this or I'm going to zap all your sheep and all your cows and, and your servants are going to leave and your wife's going to be unhappy. No, God said, hey, go do this and I'll take care of you if you do. And so he had a choice. He wasn't forced to do it. He had a choice here. He could, he could stay where he was. He could stay with what he knew. He could keep the life that he's used to. He could stay comfortable for a while at least. He could keep that sense of control he had built around himself, stay where his family is, stay with his wealth and his, and his property. Or 
he could have courage. He could have the courage to trust God, to go into the unknown where things might be scary, but God's saying it's worth it. He could have the courage to venture into the unknown and see what God had planned for him. The reason we're talking about this is because we have the same choice. We can try in this in this weird time, and you know, I've done it too, looking back to 2019, even though if you look about it, that was crazy too, but not maybe as crazy as right now, and look and say, I can't wait till things get back to normal. I just I'm just gonna try to get through this and then forget all about it and things will get back to normal. But that doesn't seem to really be happening anytime soon. So we can try to hang on to what we thought gave us control over our lives. We can try to hang on to what we think is giving us a little bit of security right now. Try to stay where it's comfortable. Try to stay where things are predictable for now. We could try to delay the future. But if we're honest, that's a losing game. See, if, if we're honest, we know that life is going to change whether we accept it or not. You're going to get older. Your kids are going to get older. Your job is going to change. Your, your country is going to change. Life is going to change whether we accept it or not. And so we can keep our heads in the sand and just pretend, nope, nope, life is just, everything's the same. It's always going to stay the same and really be of no use when this unknown future comes and be blindsided by it. So we can do that or we can accept that the future has always been unknown. It's always been unknown. You didn't know what was going to happen to you in 2020. You didn't know what was going to, when you were nine years old, you didn't know what your life would be like right now. But you're still here. See, the future is always unknown. We can accept that. And we can also accept that that future doesn't depend on us. We can kind of let that go. Why doesn't it depend on us? Because there is a God who never changes. There is a God who loves us. There is a God who has a plan for us. And does that plan always make sense? No. Do we always like every step of that journey? No. And we can only see the next step. We can only see the next step we have to take very often. And so, what did Abram choose? Well, here, here's what it says. So, Abram departed, as the Lord had instructed, and Lot, who was his nephew, went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. Abram made the choice to trust God. He was called into this unknown future, this, this scary, hazy, God said, hey, things, I'll take care of you. People are going to try to curse you, but I'll, I'll take care of that, and then it'll be worth it. Didn't give him a lot of details, but Abram chose to trust him. And the religious word for trust, maybe you've heard it, is faith. See, that's our religious word for trust, is faith. And often we think of faith as this mysterious, intangible like feeling around us. I just wish I had more faith. Or, man, they have a lot of faith. I wonder how they got that. And, you know, I wish I could feel that. And faith is not this mysterious thing. It's not really what most of us think it is. Faith doesn't just magically happen to us. It's not just this accident that some people are zapped with faith and some people aren't zapped with faith. See, remember when I said courage in the face of the unknown is the result of a single choice? That choice is faith. See, faith is a choice to trust. 
doesn't just happen to you. It's a choice. Faith is the choice or is a choice to trust. Just like choosing to trust like the chair you're sitting in, that's a choice. You look at a chair and you're like, oh, should I sit in it? Usually you just choose to sit in it. Just like that car that you ride in, you choose to trust it. Just like when you're when you're drinking water, you choose to trust that it's not poisonous. It's a choice. We don't often think about it, but everything we do like that is a choice. It's a choice. Abram didn't just get zapped with some special faith because he was this holy dude. No. Abram made the choice to trust God. And God was good to his promises. He said, you're going to be a great nation. Out of you will come all these different descendants. That happened. The, the Israelite nation, the, the Jewish nation. A lot of people think even the Arab nation came out of Abraham. I'm going to bless you. Abraham gets richer and richer as time goes on. I'm going to make you famous. Like I said, maybe you've heard of Abraham before. Maybe people around the world have heard of Abraham before. He's one of the most famous people in the history of the world. And, and God said, I'm going to bless, I'm going to do good to the whole world through you. Think of the good that has come out of those three faith traditions. Yes, there's, there's bad history too, but think of the good of uh, mathematics, hospitals, science, um, loving your neighbor, justice, that type of stuff. And bless the whole world through you in that way, but also through Jesus. The plan there, really, if you, if you follow Scripture all the way through, even to uh, the Christian Scripture of the New Testament, is that Jesus was the fulfillment of that promise that the whole world is going to have a way to be right with God because of Abraham's family, of which Jesus came out of. So God kept his promises to Abram. And it wasn't easy. I don't want to gloss over it. Like, Abraham trusted, and then boom, everything was great. A lot of times, Abraham almost died because of this choice to trust God. He was betrayed by his family. He, uh, he made a lot of blunders in this journey. And the journey rarely made sense for him. He was asked, God asked him to do some things that were probably really confusing for him. And he often had doubts. But none of that changed God's plans. Abram chose to trust God and the world was changed forever. And for us, life will always be changing. It's just a fact. The future always has been and always will be unknown. Look, this is, this is not the world's first pandemic. This is not our country's first pandemic, and it's not going to be the last. There's going to be more wars in our future. There's going to be more natural disasters in our future. That's the world we live in. The election craziness that we just can't wait to be over, once our person wins, of course. You only get a break for like three years, and then it starts all over again. Like, the election craziness keeps coming and keeps coming. The world is always in chaos. There's always going to be disease. There's always going to be sickness. There's always going to be tragedy. Tragedy is not going to magically stop at some point. Jobs are still going to be lost, whether there's a pandemic going on or not, whether the economy improves or not. Loved ones are going to leave us either by choice or by death. That's the nature of this world. But we do have a choice. We can fight 
We can fight it and, and get dragged kicking and screaming into this unknown future until reality actually comes crashing down on us and we are blindsided and don't know what to do with ourselves and we just lose everything. That's a choice. Or we can choose now to trust and take confident first steps into the unknown. It may sound corny, but the truth of this saying is is solid. I may not know what the future holds, but I know the one who holds the future. Maybe you've heard it before and you've seen it on a Christian t-shirt or a plaque your grandma has in the bathroom or something, but the truth of that is, is real. We don't know what the future holds, but there's somebody who does and he's holding it for us. And so how do we choose this trust? It's a choice. How do we choose it? Well, the first step to choosing to trust might surprise you. The first step to choosing to trust is prayer. If you're not a religious person or you're not a church person, you're like, prayer? Like, I'm not even sure there's somebody listening. That just seems like I'm just making, you know, words to the sky. Maybe you think, you know, all of this, that the God holds the future and he knows what's coming, that's just all wishful thinking, right? That's a way to blindly find comfort in a world that's out of our control. Just like that's ancient mythology when people didn't understand science and they just thought, oh, you know, gods are making the lightning because they're bowling or whatever. If that's you, I totally understand that. I, I get where you're coming from with that. I just, you're an open-minded person. Just consider Take a minute and consider, what if there is more? Take a couple minutes, look back through your life, where you've, where you've come from. Are there coincidences that happened that led you to where you are? It's things that you didn't control, good that happened to you to lead you to where you are? Even, even if life's been rough, have there been good, good steps that kind of saved you here and saved you there? What things in life didn't make sense when you were in them, the hard times? Didn't make sense to you when you were in them, but you look back now, like, oh man, I wouldn't want to go through that again, but I'm glad I did because it made me who I am and it brought me to this point. Maybe it made you stronger. Maybe it made you more loving, more, more compassionate because you can understand other people's uh, times of, of struggle. Is it possible? Just, is it possible? that those things aren't just dumb luck. You might say, oh, the universe was looking out for me, but maybe there's something more to the universe than just this blind, pers personless, impersonal force. I'm gonna, I wanna, I wanna ask you, just choose to trust. Remember, trust is a choice. Choose to trust that if there is a God, just give me that, if there is a God, that he cares enough to hear you. Choose to trust that if there is a God, he cares enough to hear you. And try praying. You can do it in your brain. Nobody has to even know that you're thinking this. And just, it's very simple. It's not like this, light a candle and, and you know, get the incense burning and that type of stuff. It's this prayer. God, if you're real, give him that. If, if you're real, I'm not even sure you are. But God, if you're real, show me and show me that I can trust you simple. God, if you're real, show me and show me that I can trust you. Now, if you're a Jesus follower and you've made that, that choice to trust him, because trust really is the core of Christianity. It's not following the rules like we talked about in the last series. It's not, 
you know, going through the rituals and that type of stuff. The core of Christianity is trusting. Right? Remember the apostles saying, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Believe, choose to trust in him. And you've done that. So think about it. You trust Jesus with your eternity, like the entire rest of ever. <laughs> you trust him to, to wipe away your sins so that you have a perfect relationship with God. You trust him with those major, major things. You trust that he is who he says he is and that he will do what he says he will do by giving you a new life and transforming you into who he says you can be by being a reflection of him. And so if you trust him with that long-term eternal future, what's stopping you from trusting him with your short-term immediate future? What's stopping you from, from trusting him with your family's future? What's stopping you from trusting him with your, your country's future? If you trust him for everything else, why can't we trust him in this stuff? And so this prayer, I think, simple again, people don't have to know you're saying it, can help us make that choice to trust. It's just this, God, remind me that I can trust you. Thank you for how you have taken care of me so far. Remind me that I can trust you. Give me a way, just remind me, remind me of the things you've done. And I thank you for those things. Thank you for taking care of me so far in life, bringing me to where I am. And we're going to encourage everyone, whether you're a Jesus follower or not, to do this this week. Maybe three times. Three is a good number. Read Psalm 56, verses 3 and 4. You open up your Bible to the middle, and you find Psalm 56, 3 and 4. Or you just Google it. It's a lot easier. But I encourage you to read that. Maybe read it a lot and memorize it. It'll show you why you can trust, what it's like to trust God. Because the future is unknown. It can be scary. The future is dangerous. The future will most likely kill you. But we can have peace. And we can have confidence even in the darkest moments of this hazy future. Not because we feel something. Not because we're following these rules. Not because we wish something. Not because we're naive or ignorant. But because we can choose to trust the God who promises to never leave us. We can choose to trust the God who never changes, who never goes back on his promises, and he promised never to leave us, and he promised that he loves us no matter what. And so I encourage you to make the choice of trust. Because the choice to trust takes the fear out of the unknown future. The choice to trust takes the fear out of the unknown future. Here's what Psalm 56 actually says. But when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere morals do to me? Trust in God can change your life. And so what I want you to watch just for the next five minutes, stick around, is a story of what trust can do to change your life. The story of of uh, a lady who discovered that God is trustworthy. A, a story of peace and of confidence. So stick around and, and watch this story of Lawrence. Um, I guess before um, becoming a Jesus follower, I mean, it started with me just 
growing up in a Christian home, but I felt it was more rules to follow. Um, don't do this, don't do that. Uh, lots of like condemning type things. Um, but then kind of just strayed from um, everything I, uh, as I got older. But then um, 2016, I moved to Oregon and I met some great people. I felt like I was surrounded by a lot of Christian um, Jesus following people, which was like, okay, this is interesting, but didn't think too much of it. And um, met some people like Gillian Summers. And um, it was a hard transition, I guess, moving here. And my relationship in general with everything just felt like it almost rock bottom. I feel like I had nothing else. <laughs> and I remember just dropped to the floor and praying. Just praying for something. I started getting answers. It was amazing. I've never in my life I've so much peace and it's just gotten better and better since I've noticed that I've asked um, Jesus to come in my life I've learned so much and really excited and about learning about Jesus and pastor at Cross Creek has been amazing and taught me so much and I'm just it's just been a great process and I'm so excited to be a follower of Jesus and I am just here to say that I, you know, give my heart to Jesus, to follow Jesus. <laughs> so baptism is a very cool thing. Um, it doesn't it doesn't give you salvation, it doesn't make you go to heaven, any of that. It's um, it's basically a public declaration that Lauren has decided to follow Jesus. That Jesus is her king. And the symbolism of baptism, I mean it goes all the way back to you know its Jewish roots. But the symbolism symbolism for us, the church, is that uh, when the person goes under the water, they're they're dead to themselves. They're dead to their sinful nature, and when they come up, they're a new person. They're, they're new in Christ. They're a new creation. Baptism doesn't do that. The Holy Spirit's already done that. This is a symbol of that and a public declaration that that's what's happened to you. So, Woo! yeah. yeah! Woo! Lauren, you ready? Yeah. Okay. Just wait. Good? Yeah. Okay, so hold your hand like this. So, Lauren, because you have decided to follow Jesus, and because you are declaring he's your Lord and Savior, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah, Lauren. So. And then I'll, we can pray for you. Really <laughs> <laughs> so let's pray for Lauren. Okay. 
Father, thank you for uh, new life. Thank you for your love and your peace and your comfort and your your power. Thank you for Lauren. Thank you for uh, what you've been doing in her life. Thank you for bringing her into all of our lives. I pray that as as she goes forward from um, this awesome experience, that uh, you will sh continue to show her how real you are, continue to show her how much you love her, and continue to show her how you are using her to uh, reach others with your love. Thank you for loving all of us and coming and dying for us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> honestly, the water is perfect. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Uh, I'm glad we got a peek into Lauren's baptism. Super fun. And uh, so John talked about trusting God this week. And the first step in that is prayer, mm -hmm. praying. So speaking of prayer, mm. we have a new For Salem opportunity for people. I mean, if you're like, what can I do in these weird times? I can't, you know, life is not the same as it used to be. Um, how can I help other people? I really want to help other people. Yeah. It still feels good to do that. You can pray it forward. Ooh, that's our fancy. For Salem. I know it's pretty awesome. <laughs> for Salem opportunity for this month. So you just send somebody a text once a week or so and say, hey, how can I pray for you? I'm thinking about you. And uh, that's your opportunity to help other people. You never know what's going to come out of that. You might be able to physically help them or pray for them. Definitely and, pray. Uh, we'll see what happens. Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so that um, one way you can continue to um, pay it forward. Yeah, that's praying it forward is uh, donate to Cross Creek. So if you're you've been watching this content for a while, um, we're a nonprofit here in town. We'd love your donations to keep things going. Keep things like Lauren's baptism going. Yeah. If you're interested in baptism, um, you can go to this website you see on the screen mm -hmm. and find out more about baptism. Um, maybe you're interested in getting baptized yeah. or you just want to know more about it. So yeah. check out this, this site here on the screen and we'll tell you more, but that's it for us. Yeah, that's it. Keep an eye out for the Paddington's giveaway. Mm -hmm. Thank you, John, for that message. There's another one coming next week in our Into the Unknown series. And right. oh, questions are coming. Yep, questions. So get ready for those discussion questions. Mm -hmm. Here they come. And this is Together for Salem. Yeah, have a great week. <laughs>